This episode is brought to you by Iron Galaxy. Scream like a school kid with Capsule Force, an intergalactic retro anime multiplayer game now available on PS4 and Steam. Go to CapsuleForce.com for more. Ooh, there's a chill in the air. Hi, Mark. Hi, Andy. Ooh, it sure is chilly outside Mm -hmm. here in November. Welcome to November. Welcome to a very special Christmas edition of Muffed Movies. That's right. In November, you guys won't soon remember. Wait. Huh? (laughs) I don't know. Memory We need to get a new marketing team for this. A new Andying team for this. More like... Thank you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Muffed... Fuck. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Blaster Podcast Presents Muffed Movies! Didn't we say at some point that that should be the official opening? Yeah. Speaking of official openings... Hi, I'm Andy North. <laughs> I'm Mark Zoloff. <laughs> this is a midday edition of Muff Movies. Midday! The last time we heard this, we were recording in the morning, and coincidentally, Co- now we're recording in the early afternoon. That's true. We haven't put in a full day of work yet. Yeah. Normally, we start recording after 8 p.m., which is when I, as a bear, am usually starting to fall asleep. I think of you more as an otter. Thank you so much. That's oh. the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. You otter know. Uh, yeah, 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 otter know! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. All right. <laughs> Special news for this one. Uh, this is going to be my final episode of Muff Movies. That's right. After as, a year and a quarter. As much as I would like that to be a goof, and as hard as it is to detect sincerity in the voice of Andy North, he is being sincere. Uh, this is Andy's final episode of Muffed Movies. Yes. He's been sentenced to... <laughs> now, Andy is uh, leaving Muff Movies. This will be his final Muff Movies. This isn't because of anything you guys have done. You guys don't try and figure out... I mean, it is your fault. No. Andy, you're gonna, they're going to grow up bad. Don't try and reverse engineer the drama in this. Don't go digging through the tabloids and trying to find out what went wrong. Like what you could have done differently. What to, you could have, should have done To make Andy stay in this relationship. Yeah. Uh, no, it is just time to move on. I want to make it clear that there is no ill will between Mark and I that is causing this. Uh, it is just on to other things. Disagree, but, um, <laughs> you know, what can you do? Uh, so, yeah, we're going to miss Andy and all of his shenanigans. Uh, he is a big... Uh, let that be my epitaph Uh, muff movies will continue in my abscess essentially what andy's trying to tell you is that he's leaving but muffed movies will continue that's right and i'm excited to hear it and i should i want to reiterate that there is no uh bad because sometimes when i listen to podcasts and they're like this is going to be or this person is leaving it's like oh no what happened what happened like legit there is no drama associated with this we're just gonna go out on a high note Mm-hmm. And speaking of high notes, it's a wonderful life, baby. America, the planet in the Midwest of America. It is the 1920s through 50s. And the world is black and white. And all things seem to be right with Americans. Uh, the small town of the place where George Bailey lives is filled with the prayers of people praying to God that the suffering George Bailey uh, is gets okay and that his life works out. What could be happening? We see George standing on a snowy bridge about to commit suicide. Will he find out? Space wipe.
We see several galaxies shining through the darkness of space and throbbing with a strange holy energy. Morning. Morning, everybody. Morning, galaxies. Uh, Good morning. It's me, God. Hi, I'm Joseph. Good morning, Joseph. How are you? Oh, you know, same old, same old. It's good to see you. Oh, I feel like I didn't sleep at all. I had some weird-ass nightmares. Did you know that God can have nightmares? <laughs> yes, it's called the platypus. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm working never on that. Stop. You're never going to let me live that down, are you? No, sir. Woo! All right, Joseph, what's on the docket for today? All right, first thing, let's see. Uh, food court prices have increased. So we're going to have to message that to the rest of the staff. They're not going to be happy about that? No. I don't even know. We might have to put a stop to this whole capitalism heaven thing. Yeah, that's weird that there's money in heaven. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, second. Ooh, here yep. we go. There's a man named George Bailey down on Earth in the Midwest who is contemplating throwing away the greatest gift that you have ever given anybody, and that's life. Oh, so you want me to go down there and smite him? Is that what I'm supposed to do there, Joseph? Well, you're the boss. Sounds pretty good. You're the boss, but I feel like that would be a pretty short Nobody story. kills humans on Earth except me, God. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I know there's like a totally a war and many people suffering right. and starvation and right. famine, but there's a guy, a, 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 a middle-income gentleman, who's thinking about taking his life. Are you being sarcastic with me right now? Huh? Are you being sarcastic with God right now about how I choose to interact with my creation? I don't know. I like that I've given God my just normal voice. Uh, That says a lot about my personality, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, listen, Joseph. (laughs) I was goofing about going down and killing George Bailey. Oh, of course, my lord. All God's children. I'm sorry. All my children are precious in my sight. Uh, Does anybody love him? Uh, Yeah, he's got uh, family and stuff. Okay, nice. Well, we can just send one of them over there to probably save him or something. Uh, mm, you know, God, I'm thinking maybe we could kill two birds with one stone on this one. I thought I talked to you about killing birds, Joseph. Everyone knows, God, that birds are agents of the devil. That's right. (laughs) I want you to kill as many birds as possible. (laughs) So, thinking we could check it out. You know how we have this strange hierarchy of angels? Yes. Where some of them, like, are entry-level angels? Yes. Yeah, so we got an angel second class named uh, Clarence who hasn't earned his wings yet. Wait a minute, we took away the ability, we have angels earning their wings now? Yeah, they gotta earn their wings. I'm starting to think this whole capitalism thing that Gabriel sold me on is not great. His PowerPoint was awesome. What's and a, it seemed what's like a it, PowerPoint? It's, it's the, the 1920s thing that Gabriel showed us, that, like, it's from the future. Oh. I'm, we're angels in God. We have PowerPoint in 1920, it's fine. PowerPoint average. <laughs> We've got, uh, what is that new software for presentations? <laughs> nope. <laughs> what is it? Uh... Piezo? Pierzo? I don't know. I'm not. I'm a grunt. Anyway, yeah, you said we have an angel second class. Angel second class. Let me call him up. Okay. Hey, Clarence. Oh, hello there. Uh, hey, Clarence. Me and Mr. G over here, we got an assignment for you. What What would that be? I was just reading a book from the future by Mark Twain. Mm, okay, cool. Uh, Clarence, we know you have the brain of a rabbit, but we really need you to, like, go save- Thank you. Oh, <laughs> go save this, uh- a uh, middle-class white man who's thinking about throwing his life away. Why is that? Is he sick? No, not sick at all, actually. He's really got a wonderful life. Oh, Wink. well, why doesn't someone just tell him that? Uh, yeah, that's what we want you to do. We want you to go stop him from killing himself. And I'll get my wings if I do that? Ah, uh, fine. Oh, <laughs> you just want me to do it for nothing? I, what else are you going to do? 
No, well, Gabriel told me that we got to negotiate for our sales now that we're capitalists in heaven. Yeah. So I'm going to say I'm not going to sell my labor for free. Uh-huh. I'll go down there if you give me my second wing. Yeah, we'll give you your wings. Thank you. You're welcome. Being very assertive right Jesus now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh. What I, is it, I wish language were different. <laughs> Smash wipe. <clears throat> Earth. 1920s to 1950s. But if, uh, closer to the 20s. Mm-hmm. Who's, I don't see George Bailey. This just looks like a big old globe. Well, that's because when you look through the sands of time with the stupid eyes of a second-class angel, it's hard to see the past. Okay, you don't have to be condescending to me. I'm God. <laughs> All right, let's, can you zoom in so I can see George Bailey? What are we looking yes. at him in the past? Google Glass Enhance. Ooh. We zoom in on a snowy hill. In- All right, now. Small town America, little 1920s boys are sledding down the hill on a piece of, I don't know, shrapnel? Yeah, it's old war scrap. Yeah, whatever kids play with in the 20s. One of the boys is wearing an oversized helmet with a bullet hole through it. It's uh, scavenged from a body. One of the boys is wearing the skull of a giant. Oh, a giant what? <laughs> you know, a giant from the days of yore. Oh, they dug it up. Uh, Yeah, all these little boys are real rambunctious. They are using a piece of garbage to sled down this snowy hill and onto a frozen pond. (laughs) Stop it. It's me, Richard Dreyfus. I'm not a sled. Ah, come on, Dreyfus. Just let us uh, fucking put our asses on your face and ride you down the hill. Oh, if I could overpower you, a child, this certainly wouldn't be happening, but I'll submit to it given circumstances. One child after another. Passes Dreyfus around, using him as a sleigh. Uh, They skid precariously over the frozen pond, but don't seem to give a shit. George Bailey flies down his tiny child body, having the most fun and awesome time of them all. All right, yeah, we did a great job there. Yeah, all right, you come down, Charlie. You come down next. Yeah, I'm I'm your little brother, Harry. Oh, Harry, you can go next. Charlie, you go after Harry. Okay, come on down, Harry. Fuck you, Harry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ride down. I'm gonna do a triple lutz, and I'm gonna land on on my hand. Uh, handstand. Right. Here I go. Whoa! Ladies and gentlemen, the mighty Harry coming down the hill here, and he's going. Oh, he's going further than anyone else has even gone. Oh. Suddenly, the ice begins to splinter and quiver. Ah, uh, you guys. What, Harry? Come on, let's go. You gotta give Richard Dreyfus to another kid. It's his turn. Yeah, let me just get up. <laughs> Dreyfus puts too much pressure on the fragile ice, and both Dreyfus and Harry plunge into the icy depths. Oh, no. <laughs> quick, guys, quick, quick. Uh, George showing uh, a remarkable amount of uh, uh, wisdom and courage for a boy of his age organizes a chain of boys to pull his brother from the ice. Richard Dreyfus bobs contentedly nearby, free from the torture of the children. Ah, my protective layer of blubber insulates me. <laughs> uh, smash wipe! Yep. Hold well, on. that's a weird situation for a boy to get in. What a brave little boy. Did any damage happen to his body that you wouldn't expect? Well, yes, it's funny that you should say that. He lost his hearing in one ear. I mean, I guess we did, they didn't really understand how medicine works. Yeah, it's strange that the doctors let it get... He got pneumonia yes. and lost his hearing in one ear? Eardrum was frozen, maybe. Uh, Ooh, what if he got that brain-eating parasite you get from swimming in some lakes? I don't know why I made half the stuff I did. Anyway, here's him a couple of days later. 
Uh, we see young George Bailey hop off the back of a taxi cab he's riding. That's the power of love. Uh, George is rushing to work. He pushes through the doors of the drugstore, old Mr. Gower's drugstore. George, in a strange, obsessive, compulsive ritual, puts his hand on the cash register, I guess, and goes... It's a lighter, a cigar lighter. It's a lighter? Mm -hmm. He puts his hand on the lighter, and he says, I wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog! (laughs) Of course, a million dollars does not appear, nor does a hot dog. George steps behind the counter of the drugstore. He puts on his stupid druggist apron and begins whistling and counting the money in the register. One, two. Hey, three. George, is that you? Oh, uh, yeah, Mr. Gower, it's me out front. It's me, Mr. Gower. I'm in a foul mood, so make sure you serve those little five year old girls and, and do your job. Oh, boy. Okay, Mr. Gower. All right. I'm going to read this telegram from the war. <laughs> Mr. Gower sits down to read his telegram from the war. Income to... I was going to say sexy. They're not sexy. Take that out, Mark. The sexy (laughs) five-year-old? I realized I don't know any words for beauty except sexy. (laughs) How about two adorable little girls? There we go. In walk. Two adorable little five-year-old girls come into the drugstore. (laughs) One. uh, No, just one comes in first. Okay. We, uh, this is really important that we block this appropriately. Well, it's two different scenes. First of all, okay, smash wipe. Uh, One adorable little girl comes in and sits at the counter. Eh. Hi there, George Bailey. Oh, oh hello there, uh, Violet. No, it's me, Mary. <laughs> Who's me, Mary? <laughs> oh, George. You, you only love me when you want punarni. <laughs> anyway, can I have a scoop of ice cream, please? A, sco- a scoop of ice cream, is that what you want, Mary? Yeah. All right, what flavor? Um, Vanilla, but... No coconut on there. I don't like coconut. Hey there, dipshit. (laughs) Don't you know where coconuts come from? No, do you? Yeah, from the Fiji Islands. Look, put your fucking peepers on this magazine. (laughs) It's new. You've never seen this before. No, I haven't. George, you sure know a lot of stuff. Little George Bailey uh, pulls out the Explorer's magazine, and he points to the island of Fiji. Yeah, you can only get this magazine if you're an explorer like me. And I'm going to be, I'm going to do big things. I'm going to get out of this little worm-eaten town, and I'm going to conquer the world. That's great. And I'm going to have a harem of four wives, he (laughs) says in the actual (laughs) movie. Mary starts looking increasingly uncomfortable as George, a manic gleam in his eye, describes what his future <laughs> caliphate is going to be like. <laughs> uh, it's really vivid. We don't need to hear that. Hey, George, um, you know, this town isn't so bad. I wouldn't mind staying here the rest of my life. Oh, well, well, you're going to live a short, miserable existence then, Mary. I'm going to be an adventurer. I'm going to grab a tiger and I'm going to put it in a chokehold. <laughs> I'm going to have a manservant. And I'm, although we already have a servant in our household, which is equally problematic, but hey, it's the 1920s to 50s, and and, and, and I'm going to build great things and do great things, and you're just going to be a loser. Well, uh, all right. If if that's what you want, that's fine. I guess I'll just stay here and rot away. All we'll right. see who's happier. See you later. Can I have my ice cream that I fucking paid you for? Oh, I forgot. Suddenly, in walks Violet. A very different five-year-old girl. Hi, George Bailey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hello there, Violet. Those are beautiful golden ringlets you have in your hair. Thank you. I was just at the American Girl Doll store, and my parents told me I could get whatever I want. Well, you, you and knowing your reputation, Violet, you, you tend to get whatever you want anyway. That's true. Hey, I'd like uh three free loops of... 
licorice, please. A licorice loaf. <laughs> well, all right. I guess I won't peel the licorice today. <laughs> George goes in the back to get the loaves of licorice. Violet turns her evil eyes on Mary. Why don't you keep your eyes to yourself, Violet? Someday. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the back, Mr. Gower turns furiously on George. Hey, what's this? Interloper? Hmm? Oh, no, sorry. I was just back here to get some licorice for the girls, I'm, Mr. Gower. I'm counting pills for the family with diphtheria down the block. They need these pills or they'll die. Oh, okay, I'll run them right over. Yeah. Suddenly, George notices that Mr. Gower has been loading up the envelope with not diphtheria medication, but a jar labeled literally poison. <laughs> There we go. That's uh, diphtheria medicine, I think. Oh, Mr. Gower, I... Eyes so full of tears. Mr. Gower, I... <laughs> I I hate to mention this again, but first of all, I don't think we should keep the, the poison jar in... I don't even know why we have it here at our pharmacy. What? Ah! And second of all, you've accidentally... See, you've loaded it into... You've loaded it into that envelope. You're you're sending poison to the family. You're not sending... Don't it you to... backtalk me, boy! Mr. Gower, like, hauls up and wails the... F Fuck on little, like, ten-year-old George's he does. face, neck, and chest. He's beating the fuck out of this child, clapping him in the ear, giving him a bloody lip. Ow! He puts him in a suplex. Ow! He pile drives him. He oh! gets him in a chokehold. Oh, no, keeps... he's not going for it, is he? He's not going to go He's going for it! <laughs> Mr. Gower suplexes George from the top rope. <laughs> Ow! The backbreaker! Oh, Mr. Gower, please don't, Mr. please. Mr. Gower holds George up above his head, Bane style, and cracks George's <laughs> spine over <laughs> his leg. Out of the corner of his eye, as he's falling to the floor, George sees the telegram from the War Department, which oh, says oh. that Mr. Gower's, uh... Son. He's not mean, he's just misunderstood. He was killed by autoerotic asphyxiation. No, he was not. He was killed by manual erotic asphyxiation. There we go. There we go. Oh, gee, Mr. Gower, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're feeling sad because of your son. I'm really, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll forgive you for for <laughs> temporarily rupturing my back and hitting me in my good ear. I guess you're. Mr. Dreyfus, get out of here! You're not <laughs> supposed to be in the back. <laughs> <laughs> My, your forgiveness has melted my heart, young man. Uh, I'm sorry that I beat you. Here, hug me. And uh, don't give those that family the poison. Give them the good meds. <laughs> Mr. Gower and George embrace, and George runs off with the diphtheria medication into the future. Wom, 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 wom. We see a slightly older boy, George. Huh? Run to the... Ooh. Run to the uh, Bailey family... Building and Loan Company, where uh, a real kerfuffle is happening in George's father's office. Uncle Ben! Uncle Ben, I gotta go in and talk to my dad, okay? Peter. Uh, Peter. What? With great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben, are you having one of your episodes again? Uh, they shot me. Uh, uh. Uncle Ben dies, and Uncle Billy comes in. That's the one. <laughs> I thought his name was Uncle Ben. No, that's Peter Parker's uncle. Oh, Peter Uncle Billy. Peter Parker's uncle. <laughs> Yes, uh, little boy, it's me, Uncle Billy. <laughs> hey, sexy Uncle Billy, can I get in and talk to my dad? Uh, I'm afraid not. Uh, old Mr. Potter's uh, really tearing into him. Oh, for real? Oh, yes. It's oh. an ugly sight. You don't want to go in there. I'll, I'll sit outside, I guess, and just listen and wait for a good time to... Enter. George's father is thrown bodily out of the plate glass window <laughs> of the office door. Hoof! 
<laughs> Mr. Potter kicks open the door, shattering it in a frame. A demonic light emanates from him. Oh, uh, you want a piece of me, do you, Mr. Potter? Huh? Well, you know what they say. No, wait. I'm Mr. Potter. <laughs> and if you come with Mr. Potter, you better not miss Expelliarmus. Oh! <laughs> Mr. Potter shoots beams of light at uh, George Bailey's father. Whoa, 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 this is uh, quite impossible, Mr. Potter. You can't, you can't shut down my bank. Mm, I can shut down every bank in this town, and I will. You think just because you're the wealthiest man in town, you can do whatever you want? Precisely. That's the way capitalism works. And pretty soon you'll get on board too, Mr. Bailey. See if you don't. No, 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 wait a minute there. That's my father. You can't be kicking him around like that. Oh, you won't have children to fight your battles forever, Bailey. Oh, Mr. Potter turns his e evil wand towards George Bailey and casts the killing curse. Wait. Havada Kedavra! The entire office is filled with green light. And when the smoke clears, uh, we see George Bailey standing, still very much alive, with a lightning bolt scar on his head. Old Mr. Potter's empty clothes <laughs> are where his body once was, and a dark shadow screams its way out of the office window. Oh, 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 oh. oh you really done it now, George. Oh, Mr. Potter's escaped into one of his horcruxes again. I don't even know what that is. Oh, you'll find out when you're older. I've been to a horcrux on a time or two. <laughs> Oh, knock it off, Uncle Billy. I'm, the boy's too young. I'm just crazy, Uncle Billy. <laughs> Smash cut. <laughs> Slightly later on in George Bailey's life, George a fully grown George Bailey sits at the dinner table with his mother and father. <clears throat> Everyone is talking super fast all the time from this point forward in the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, it's nuts. Anyway, George Bailey, I guess, is college-aged? Oh, no, he's just graduated college. Not college. College? Yeah, he's graduated college because he's been <coughs> gone from town for a bit, and now he's back. And is it his brother's, Harry's yep. high school yep, 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 yep. graduation party? I think so. Smash cut! We see the Bailey family in their familial home sitting around the dinner table. Hey, George, George, George. Uh, oh, what, what, what is it, Brother Harry? George, are you going to come to the, the big reunion tonight? I'm taking these pies. Look, I balanced the one on my head. <laughs> oh, shucks. You're, you're a real cut-up. Uh, I don't know. Being a, a college man, I, I would feel a little weird hanging out with you and your high school senior friends. No, it's cool. There's going to be a lot of girls there. I haven't seen you bring a girl home in four years, so you must not much have much else going on, huh? Huh. Well, I'll show you who's got much else going on. I'm going to box your ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that would work. So I'll see you at the party. Mom, I'm going to take all your dishes, okay? Okay. <laughs> Dad, can I have the car tonight? Of course you can't Can't have the car. You're going to be drinking like a loon. You're probably liable to crash it into a tree. <laughs> what? No, I wouldn't do <laughs> Get out of here, you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. I'll see you at the party, George. Oh, hi. I'm the... I'm the African-American maid that you guys kick around all the time. Oh, uh, we don't need anything. Okay. You know, we probably don't need to gonna, see you for the rest of the movie. You're going to write me out, huh? Yep. All right. feel like it's easier for everyone that way. You're going to whitewash the whole thing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, probably, just to be safe. I'm going to go refuse to sit in the back of the bus. Thanks very much, Henrietta. All right. You've been great. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. George, George, it's me, your father. Yeah, what is it, Dad? George, listen to me. I know you just came back from college and that you want to be an architect or whatever. 
Yeah, Dad, I'm gonna build I'm gonna build buildings like you never see. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna travel for two years like I always wanted, gonna see the world, and then when I come back, oh I'm not coming back here. I'm gonna go to Washington DC. I'm gonna be a world famous architect. That's what I'm gonna do. George. What? I feel like tonight is the last night of my life for some reason. This Onyx handprint on my inner thigh is throbbing more than ever. Now, honey, no foreshadowing at the dinner table. We talked about this. All right. But, but George, I'd like you to take over the, the family business, the loan and building company. <laughs> oh, Dad, no, no, I don't want to live out the rest of my life withering a dry old husk at some dusty old savings and loan. Now, George. No look, offense. Uh, yeah, none taken. Piece of shit. Actual goof that we stole from the movie. I like that goof, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Look, I know that what I do isn't a big deal, but I put houses over people's heads. <laughs> I kill them. And uh, uh, food on their table. And, and there's human dignity in that. It's not a big flashy New York whore like your Uncle Billy likes to save up for every Christmas, but it's something, and and it's meaningful. I'd like you to, to reflect on that in your meditation practice. Well, well, sure, Dad. Well, I'll definitely think about it, George says, his fingers crossed. He is inching. Obviously behind his back. He's inching his way out the door. <laughs> uh, okay, son. <clears throat> see you tomorrow morning, I guess. Yeah, see you, Pa. I love you. I love you. I have a grudging respect for what you do. His father seems to suddenly have frozen up, but George is already out the door. Who knows what happened? <laughs> Smash wipe to the party. There's all these high school girls there who in 1920 look like modern 35-year-old women. Grown-ass women. I mean, is that okay to say? What? There's a certain... They look... I mean, I know nowadays we cast like older people as high schoolers in movies a lot, but it really seems like they cast like late 30s people as the high schoolers at this dance. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised by that. I mean, like, George Bailey himself, like, looks to be in his late 30s, and he's, like, a college student. Right, so... And so it's... I guess it's, like, that era of filmmaking was more, like, akin to theater, where they just put a bunch of, like, makeup and a costume on somebody, and they're like, it's Othello the Moor! Right. And you oh, don't really and right, it. all of the women in the gym scene are played by men. In, oh, in drag. That's that's very true, uh, as it was customary for the times. Hey, is that customary over there? Hey, hey, I'm customary. <laughs> no, not you, you customary. Can swap out my legs and my arms and whatever you choose. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I, I'm looking for for my brother Harry. Have you seen him? Oh, hey, it's me, Harry. <laughs> How you doing, old old timer? Uh, Having a good time? Or are you too old, uh, Charleston? Huh? <laughs> Well, I could Charleston with a better one. I'll show you for sure. Just let me find uh, where are any girls around here that I could dance with. Hi, George. It's me, your friend. W would you go dance with my kid sister? Oh, I don't it know, Lumpkin. Really, it'd really make her night. Just dance with her. I don't know. I want you to dance with my kid sister. <laughs> your sister's a real bummer. She got spiders all over her. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's just a loaf of bread and a wig. Well, I mean, any port in a storm, right, buddy? <laughs> the weirdo turns on his heel <laughs> and seems to drift through the crowd. 
I'll tell you what, Harry, I'm not going to go dance with that guy's sister. I'm going to go dance with uh, that girl, Mary, from our childhood. Do you remember her? Mary Magdalene? No, I don't think that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hee-haw, hee-haw. Hey, you piece of shit, it's me, Sam Wainwright, your buddy. Oh, hi, Sam. Hey, let me give you a nugget and talk at you fast. You're going to give me a nugget? What? (laughs) (laughs) George looks down, and in his hand is a tiny kernel of poop. Holy crap. (laughs) There's more where that came from. I'm going to be rich. Goodbye. Jeez, Louise, what a piece of shit. I'm surprised (laughs) no one's killed that guy yet. Thank you. Anyway... (laughs) George Bailey is spun around, and suddenly he's pressed chest to chest with the uh, uh, high school senior, Mary. Hi, George. Remember me? No, no. Wait, you're my friend's kid sister. Yeah, remember from the drugstore I used to come in all the time? Uh, there was a lot of bitches that came around the drugstore back in the day. I haven't seen you in five years. Huh. Well, it's very nice to see you again. Hey, can, uh, could I invite you to dance with me? Well, well, all right. I'm not too good at the, the Lindy Hop, but I'll give it a ch- try. And give it a try, he does. <laughs> the two Lindy Hop, like a thing. Attention, students. It's all of a sudden a dance competition. So everyone who's dancing, you're involved. Attention, students. It's me, all of a sudden, with news from the front. <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> Now, you don't know who that is, but trust me, he's making some killer speeches in Berlin. <laughs> we'll have the best of Hitler next week. And in other news, the Charleston competition. Uh, the jilted former dance partner of Mary sulks by the side of the dance floor, pushed cruelly away by the alpha male George Bailey. This sulking piece of shit kid turns and sees a charming, handsome, diabolical young man. Oh, hello there, young fellow. Oh, hey, what's going on, man? Uh, It's me, Lord Voldemort. (laughs) I couldn't help but notice that you are socially unwanted and a little bit emotionally stunted. Yeah, I wish I could punish everyone in this whole place. (laughs) Our objectives are not dissimilar. Now listen, I happen to know that there's a hidden trap lever in this room which will drop everyone here into a pit trap of my own devising, drowning them in four feet of water. Sounds good. Where do I hit the button? It's right over there, about five feet away. I'd press it myself, but it's been blessed by a man who's pure of heart. I can't touch it. Cool. Boop. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) The kid pushes the button, and the... Trick gym floor opens up and there's a swimming pool underneath. Oh no! Oh, what a terrible situation this could be for our middle class heroes. <laughs> oh no! A mobster starts Tommy gunning the crowd. <laughs> oh, quick, Mary, get into the pool! Oh! <laughs> they dive underneath the surface, bullets streak past them. <laughs> Everyone dives into the pool. Oh, what a young and wild celebration of the rites of spring. Uh, one of the gym teachers karate chops the mobster. The day is saved! And now, the winner of the dance competition. It's everyone! <laughs> Have a great time, everybody! Socialism! <laughs> I'm John Lovitz! <laughs> Smash wipe! The outside. We see George Bailey and Mary Bailey in the future. Uh-oh, stop, don't, spoilers. Stop, don't, spoilers! <laughs> wow, George, I sure had a great time tonight. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry that... Uh, things got a little wet, but I'm glad that we could find- What? What? Oh, you mean the pool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry things got a little heated. Uh, what? 
No, I'm just talking about how how moist everything got. Uh, what? Uh, all I'm saying is that I'm sorry that things got engorged with pleasure. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uncle Billy passes by in his automobile. Oh, get out of here, Uncle Billy! All right, me and Violet are gonna take a little midnight stroll. Bye. Uh, George is wearing a ridiculous 1920s football costume, and Mary is wearing a bathrobe, and apparently nothing else. It's just stuff that they found in the gym locker room. Like they find bathrobes in there? Yeah. Weird. Hi, it's me, Jim Locker Room. Come down to Jim's Emporium of Locker Room Supplies. We got everything. We got old-style football uniforms. Uh, Mr. Locker Room, quiet down. I know you're on the balcony of your house, but I want to talk to this young lady in front of you for a while. <laughs> All right, George Bailey. Just make sure that you kiss her on the mouth. Hey, hey, Mary. You know, uh, I think that you're, you're pretty swell. I'd like to give you the moon someday. Hey, thanks, George. That's really nice of you to say. What are your life ambitions? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I've never had too many ambitions. I fell in love with this little town, whatever it's called, and I feel like I could be perfectly happy staying here the rest of my life. Oh, snoozer. It's a good thing you got a nice rack. <laughs> George you know, puts George, her gun rack aside. <laughs> George, you've never learned to be happy with just being where you are. No. Always racing around, aren't you? I'm, I'm never content. I'm, my mind is always on fire. All I can do is look at my life and hate myself. <laughs> well, I think you might... With time... Come to reconsider that position, but in the meantime, go around the world, George. You do what you need to do. Well, that's very nice of you, Mary. <laughs> you know, it's uh, starting to feel like maybe the best place in the world is right here, standing under the moonlight with you. Uh, Mary gets too nervous huh? and runs away from George. No, come back here! George grabs after her and rips off her clothes. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, now we're talking. <laughs> George, what's the matter with you? Well, Jim's property value just went up. Oh, oh it was an accident. I didn't mean... You're, uh, I thought you maybe had clothes on underneath this old robe. Mary dives into the Deku scrub bush, not realizing that it's a villain. <laughs> it, what? It spits a rock at her, and she blocks it with her Legend of Zelda shield. What? Blink. Mary dives into a bush. <laughs> Completely obscured and comically shaking the bush every time she talks. Well, now this is an interesting situation. Get me my robe back. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not every day a man gets the opportunity to basically sexually harass a woman that he's in love with. Why did the This is the worst way to, like, win my heart. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Here, let me give you a robe back. Uh meep, 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 meep. The Roadrunner from cartoons runs up to George Bailey. The Roadrunner. <laughs> Hey, Robe Runner, take this back to Mary. I don't want to accidentally see her naked and tell her I'm really sorry. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> George! Uh, wh what is it, my friend? <laughs> it's me, your friend. <laughs> Tro- like, what's my name? You remember it. Troboggin. Troboggin. Troboggin McFlure. Now you remember, I'm not just some bit pot coming into your life and leaving. <laughs> no, you appreciate not. me. Well, Troboggin, <laughs> uh, you seem pale. What's wrong? Well- I've been thinking a lot about my life recently. You Hi, remember how I'm my wife recently. <laughs> <laughs> no, George, huh? it's your father. No, it's me, George. No, your father is in trouble. I thought he was in the house. Oh, God, just get in the car, George. What's the car, George? Oh, boy. <laughs> Hit him, boys. <laughs> uh, the mobsters come out and knock George unconscious and drag him into the car. Hello? George? Hello? Mary well, comes out of the bush, and George is nowhere to be seen. She girds her loins with her long, flowing hair and a seashell. 
Oh, hey there, little lady. Seems like your fella abandoned you all alone here. Who are you? Why don't you come on up to Jim's Emporium and let's see if we can't get you into something more comfortable. All right. <laughs> Just for tonight. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Smash wipe! To the future! Uh, to a meeting of the bank. George. George's father has died. <laughs> There's a big banner on the wall of the bank <laughs> that says, Sorry about your dad, George. Oh, jeez. Really rub it in. George is wearing a black armband mm -hmm. in mourning. All right, now, everybody, uh, that should be the last of it. Now, uh, well, well, this place is set up exactly how my father would want it, and uh, I'm on my way out. Now, wait a minute there, George. This meeting of bankers and uh, other type executives, the board of trustees and what have you, we need to think about the future, and so we've invited special guest, Mr. Potter. Oh, wait a minute. Mr. Potter, I don't see Mr. Potter in here. They wait. look over, and on a chair sits a gold pocket watch. There's an awful feeling energy radiating from it. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Potter's manservant holds the watch open. He opens it and holds it to his ear. His soul seems to be completely gone, and we hear the voice of Mr. Potter come from his servant's mouth. I forget what my voice sounded like last time, but I'm in a new body, so it makes sense that it's different now. Well, uh, listen, uh, manservant or Mr. Potter or whoever you it's have... It's me, Mr. Potter, now. I've overwritten this being's personality. You're speaking through Carruthers? That's right. You can call me Pot Carruthers now. <laughs> Pot Carruthers, look, I don't know why we invited you to this party of t deciding what happens to the business. Uh, you didn't invite me. What? Your father sold me pieces of the savings and loan over the last several years like to keep it from going horcrux. under. Exactly like pieces of a horcrux. Who said that? Did somebody say horcrux? <laughs> Uncle Billy, now you I really don't understand why you're here. Oh, neither do I. <laughs> Uncle it, Billy legumes out the door. <laughs> Wait, like on lentils and stuff? It seemed like a word that makes sense, right? We all understood what I meant. Well, how would your body move if you uh, had lagoon. to lagoon. <laughs> oh, the black lagoon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Ah, uh, now I have almost a controlling stake in the savings and loan itself, but not quite fully. What I propose is that we break up this unprofitable savings and loan as George Bailey's father was the only one who could keep it going for so long. With him gone, I see no point to keeping it going. No, 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 wait a minute there, you pocket watch. I'll have you know that, uh, yeah, my father was certainly no great businessman, and this company was losing money left and right, hemorrhaging money, really. But, but, but we perform an important function, and I believe it's every man's God-given right to, to, to have a, a few walls around his body and a, and a, and a bathroom, and, and you would see these people thrown out on the streets. Haven't you heard of capitalism, George Bailey? Oh, this is 100% how capitalism works. And I, Mr. Potter, represent capitalism in all its forms. Uh, it's strange that you should mention the word work, because uh, a fat cat like you has never worked a hard day in his life. No. I, uh, furthermore, I think you're a, a twisted and f frustrated old man. And you, you businessmen can decide whatever you want. I'm going to college and being an adventurer. But if you let Potter have his way, then this whole town's going to sh shit fuck hell. And c you're all a bunch of cunts and I'm going to fuck your sisters. <laughs> all right, never mind that last part. Uh, I, I think you're going to really regret it. Good day. 
Well, you certainly know how to put together a turn of phrase, Mr. Bailey. But unfortunately, you don't know the first thing about business. So if you've said your piece, I think it's time that we vote on dissolving the Bailey family savings and loan. The little pocket watch turns its face slowly, regarding each and every member of the board. (laughs) Outside, George finally finishes packing his bag and saying goodbye to the employees of the savings and loan. Now, hey there, George. That was a pretty smooth move you made back there, telling old Mr. Potter off. Well, 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 thanks, Uncle Billy. I just hope that after I'm gone, there's someone else that can carry the torch and make sure that Mr. Potter doesn't take over this town completely. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Smell you later, jerk face. Smell this. Does this smell infected to you? <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't make me smell your fingers anymore, Uncle Billy. The door opens up, and a banker comes out. Mr. George, Mr. George. Yeah, what is it, Martini? Great news. Uh, we have defeated uh, Mr. Potter, on, uh, but only under the condition that you take over as the new president of the bank. Oh, no. George turns directly to the camera. A sign in the background that says... Looking forward to your bright future, suddenly comes unhinged from one of its nails and swings, then falls to the ground behind George. <laughs> Smash wife, the train station, <laughs> Uncle Billy, uh, leers at the passing women as George sits waiting for his brother Harry to get home. Hey, 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 hey. Hmm? Hmm? Hey, <laughs> Uncle Billy, can you stop? You're embarrassing me. Oh, geez. All right. You got no fun in you, kid. <laughs> Go, go, go and get us some roasted nuts or something. I'm going to wait here for Harry. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Oh, here he is. Harry. Harry, over here. Hey, older brother. Harry, the sports athlete hero, newly returned from college. It, it comes out of the train, happy as a clam. He's hauling all his oats. He's hauling all his... <laughs> love it! <laughs> hauling all his luggage. And there's a pretty woman who walks out behind him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's this now? Who's this vision of lovely now? Well, big brother, I'd like to introduce you to my wife. Hamstring. <laughs> Hi. Listen, I'm going to say this. I'm sorry about my name. I say it... But to, the first thing I say to everybody I meet is, I'm sorry about my name. I know it's weird. Um, but I'm, we're just going to get past it, and I'm a really, actually a really nice person when you get to know me. Well, so, hello. Well, 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 it's nice to know you, but but uh, did Harry just say you're married? Yes, we got married. He wanted it to be a surprise. Oh. And not only that, my father's offered him a great job in plastics across the country in Washington, D.C. Yeah, so I can't take over the family business anymore. <laughs> Boy, your name is really kind of prophetic in my case. <laughs> Smash wipe. The party that evening, Harry joins George Bailey, who is very drunk, on the outside porch. Hey, George, George. Uh, what? What is it, Harry? This Molly isn't doing anything for me. Listen, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to leave you holding the... Hey, I'm right here, buddy. I'm oh, right here. that's a plant I was talking into. <laughs> I didn't mean to leave you holding the bag. I can... Hi, I'm holding the bag. <laughs> Holden, can you give me and my brother a second the here? poet laureate of Bucktown. <laughs> Listen, if you don't want me to take this job in Washington, I'll, I'll stay here and take over the savings and loan. I know I know you put in your four years, and it's only fair. Please take over. I mean, sure, if you if you insist, you know I would never do anything to hurt you, so if you Hi, insist, I'm you insist. Down here from can Scotland. Can have a fucking minute? Can I have a fucking minute with my brother? Did somebody say fucking minute? <laughs> Uncle Billy? Oh. I swear to God. <laughs> or- no, if you insist, George, I will... If you insist i'm your insist (laughs) 
Perhaps you've met my cousin, you instead. And you and what army? Yeah, you know what, Harry? I do want you to take... I do want you to take over the saving loan. You and all your characters that you brought back with you from... From wherever you came from. From college. And your hamstring wife. I want you to live with your folks here in stupid Grover's Corners. And you can be the responsible one. And I'm going to go. I'm going to be happy someplace else. George races off down the street in a random direction. Pushes past his mother, who explodes into confetti. (laughs) Leaving a a series of kookily named characters standing on his porch, staring after him. Uh... DC Comics scoops them up, and you can see them next fall in the Suicide Squad. What am I, chop liver? Says Bear in Mind. Oh, he should have been on that porch. We would have gotten around to him eventually. <clears throat> right. Smash wipe. Mary's house. Mary's home from college, listening to a phonograph record. <laughs> she spies. She hears dubstep music approaching down the street. <laughs> oh, there's only one person I know that listens to dubstep, but... Oh, my. Has he been in town this whole time? God damn. Mary looks out her window. Cell phone, I should have put it on vibrate. George turns off the ringer on his phone. She sees George Bailey, the pop and lock king of Grover's Corners, standing in the street outside. He's pacing back and forth outside her white picket fence, unsure about what to do, George. feeling frustrated. George, ah! are you going to pace outside in the street all night, or are you going to come say hello? Well, uh, well okay, if you, if you insist. George kicks her fence open like a fucking asshole. <laughs> he really does. And he walks into her house. Mary opens the front door of the house. <laughs> she is playing a record of his favorite song and has a painting of him lassoing the moon for her prominently on display as he walks in. Hello, George. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is this, a couch? I guess I'll just rub down on it. Yes, it's a couch. George. Don't do that. Oh, all right. <laughs> Takes a flying butt leap onto the couch, really grinding it into it. Anyway, um, how has your last four years been? Have you gotten to travel like you wanted? Oh, no. Can you, can't you tell by my thick Midwestern accent? Nothing's changed. Everything's the same. Oh, no. Life is short. Life is shit. And soon we'll all be dead. Jeez. Well, I don't remember you being like this, George. You're always so hopeful and upbeat. What's the matter? Ah, oh, jeez, you wouldn't understand, you daffy broad. <laughs> oh, Mary, well, who are you talking to down there? That's just my old uh, friend, George Bailey. Oh, you're talking to that piece of shit, George Bailey, who's been moping around Grover's Corners the last four years? Now, Mother, George is a stand-up fella. He's standing up in a pile of shit. He's sinking down. He can't even talk right. He got that weird stutter. Yeah, he does. Wait, is he I in there? I think it's endearing. Yes, he's uh, he's on the couch, Mom. I can hear all the words I've been saying. Yes. Oh, shit. Um, cover for me. <laughs> Sorry, that's my mom. She has uh, a disease that makes her say mean things. Oh, Tourette's syndrome. Yeah. No, I don't think that's how Tourette's works. I feel bad now for saying that. She's, got, <laughs> she's probably just an old piece of shit. Anyway, just like everybody else in this one-horse town, as I was saying, Mary. Hey, Mary! Shut up, you old windbag! Mary, oh, you, you shut up, you piece of shit! You leave us alone for a minute. Mary, I'm really sorry for ruining your evening. Yeah, uh, I guess it's okay. Look, I'm gonna have a call long distance from my fiancé? Oh, your fiancé, Sam huh? Wainwright. He's in plastics. Oh, Sam. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> and apparently nowadays a phone call is like so expensive that I really gotta wait by the phone. Yeah, fine. Why don't you wait by the phone for the rest of your life, you old spider witch? Rang, rang. Hello? Oh, hi, Sam. Hee-haw! Yes, George is here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I don't want to talk to this cocksucker. George, hold on. What? 
Sam wants to talk to you. He says he's got a real business opportunity for you. They move the old the close together, and the old timey earpiece is held in between them because they don't have speakerphone back then. And George and Mary are standing super close to each other so they can both talk to Sam, Mary's boyfriend. Hey, Mary, yeah, it's me, uh, Sam Wainwright. Oh, hey, baby. Listen, I ain't gonna move back to Grover's Corners no more. I need you to move out here with me to New York. And, George, you could come, too, if you want. Well, We're all gonna make a fortune in plastics. Well, that sounds real great, real nice, but I, I got responsibilities back here. Oh, yeah, well, you could go fuck yourself then, George. Mary, you wanna come out here? Hang on, let me kiss this out abroad quick. I mean... Smell the flower. George and Mary are standing so close that a droplet of anxious sweat rolls down George's cheek and ah. is absorbed by Mary's pores. Oh, no, don't absorb me. Oh. Mary gains all of George's memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, what a terrible time you must have had over the last four years. They're breathing into each other's open mouths. The tension is palpable. It really is like a real... It's great. ...romantic tension scene. Uh, yeah, so Mary, what do you say? You're gonna come out to New York to be with me? Well, uh, uh, I... Uh, shut up! Shut up! Everyone, shut up! George pushes the phone down and manhandles Mary and mushes his mouth onto her. <gasps> oh, Mary! Mary! Oh, George, George! Oh, oh Mary! Oh, George! Oh, what are you doing, you piece of shit? That's Get out fucking... of here, Mom! Get out of here! <laughs> Smash wipe! Zip! Mary and George's wedding day. Hooray. They're leaving uh, the church and heading off in an old car. Oh, yeah. This is going to be so exciting. We're going on our honeymoon. And look at this fat stack of cash. That's right. I may not have been able to leave Grover's Quarters, but we can at least get away for a week or two for our honeymoon, huh? Yeah. It'll feel so great. Hey, where am I taking you to? It's me, Ernie, your friend. Ernie the cabman. Yeah, I've been around for a long time. I feel like we haven't gotten a chance to talk much lately, George, but remember how I've been a presence in your whole life up to this point? That's bizarre, considering you can walk everywhere in Grover's Quarters. Yeah, but I get you there faster, don't I? You sure do, Ernie. Don't I, Mary? Yeah. All right, where am I taking you to? <laughs> Mary looks down at her legs, <laughs> trying to hide their past. <laughs> uh, well, take us to the, to the airport, my good man, and be quick at what the... Hang uh, on. A horde of humans is zombie-like rushing, putting their fists and hands into the walls of the Bailey Saving and Building Company. Money. Well, it looks Money. like a run on the bank, George. I don't, a run on the bank. Everyone knows what that is. Yeah, these things have been happening a lot Money. lately. Don't worry. I can just plow our way through these people. They got nothing to live for anymore. Money. Well, wait a minute. I'm the boss of the bank. Well, yeah, but there ain't no money left in there. You ain't the boss of anything anymore. What? Haven't you heard about the stock market? Am I? Jeez, Louise, <laughs> why am I feeling you in on all this? Oh, Jesus. Mary, hang on. I'll be right back. George rushes Don't out. Don't forget about me. Who are you? Joseph. Huh. You said Jesus, Mary. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, George rushes into the bank past all the zombies and uh, uh, throws himself behind the counter. Now, what's going on around here? Well, George, it seems like we got ourselves into a little pickle. Uncle Billy, where's all the money? Oh, the money. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any of that anymore. Well, we do still have it, but the minute all these people come in here, we're going to have to give them what they have deposited. And frankly, we don't, I mean, you know the way credit unions work. We don't have enough to give everybody what we owe them. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, you know what? I'll handle this. You, you keep twirling that pair of fuzzy handcuffs you got there and I'll I'll address the mob. Actually, I got business in the vault. 
So I'll be in there if you need me. Smell you later. Oh. Billy opens the door to the giggling vault, steps inside and closes it behind him. (laughs) George unlocks the doors and all the angry townsfolk run in. I want my money. I want my money. All right. All right, everybody. All right. Calm down. Calm down. Now, I'm about to leave on my honeymoon. But uh, I want to make sure that y'all feel comfortable with where your money's at. What what can I do for you? I want to withdraw all my money, $230. No, 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 James. No, James, hold on. Now, your money's not here, James. Well, uh, what do you mean? This is a bank. Hold on. No, no, it's not a bank. It's, <laughs> what? A, it's a savings and loan. I don't understand the difference. Now, listen, a bank's about trust. So your money, we don't just put it in an old room and, and, and lock it in there. No, no, no. Your money's in, it's in, it's in Jerry's house over there. And his money is what? used to pay for uh, for Lucy's school loans over there. Your money, uh, you don't give it to us, you give it to each other. And if y'all try and take it back, well, 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 well then none of us are going to have anything left. Well, old man Potter said that we could buy the shares or whatever at half the price and get money. No, 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 no. You don't listen to that old necromancer. First of all, he's he's swallowed 12 of your souls this year. Oh. I don't need to remind you all about the, what happened with the Beantown boys, do I? <laughs> they look out the window and they see 12 little ragamuffins, pale as ice, standing with their opaque eyes looking off at the sky. Now listen. <laughs> He's right on the verge of having enough eldritch energy to just rip this whole earth straight open like an old orange. Now, unless unless you want that to happen, would you rather have that happen or would you rather have a nice new house this time next year? What do you say? Uh, I still want all my money. Well, now, James, all right then. If that's what you insist on, I'll give you $232. Honey, honey! Mary works her way past the crowd, holding all of their honeymoon money in her hand. Oh, Give no. them this. Well, 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 all right, sure, 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 sure. Here, $232. Now, who else? What about you, Mrs. Johnson? Well, I would like $100, please. Oh, Mrs. Johnson, do you think you could make do with less just for now? All right, well, I guess I could get by on a quarter. Oh, Mrs. Johnson, you're... you're I'm going to give you a dollar because I think maybe you're, you have a poor <laughs> sense of scale, but uh, I love you all the same. All right, who's next? I'm better at geometry. <laughs> yes, I, I need some money for some lunch. All right, how much do you need, Carruthers? My ruse has been discovered. It's me, Carruthers. <laughs> Get out of here, Carruthers, you <laughs> old necromancer. All right. He, Carruthers turns, and we see a, a, a dark spear jutting from its back. The spear <laughs> emanates a strange potter-like energy. All right, you, Prendergast, what do you need? Well, I need money for my tuition. How much do you need? How much can you make? Can you make do with $20? Just $20. Uh, all right. Oh, Prendergast, you're the best. All right, who's next? The day continues in this manner, as George gives out the bare minimum amount of money just for everyone to scrape by until they get through this mess, jumping ahead to 8 p.m. that evening. Well, baby, it looks like all those zombies are out of here, (laughs) and we still got two greenbacks. I got an idea of what we could... Wait. (laughs) Who are you? It's me, the greenback. Oh, hey, Greenback. Listen, I'm going to get going, but congratulations on today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Greenback, we need you. We got to put you in our vault. What, do you want me to go sit in the vault with your money to make sure that it's safe? Yeah, make love to it. Make more money, baby. All right, it's me, Sheriff Greenback. I'll spend the night in your vault, but tomorrow I need to get back to being a normal policeman. You spend the entire night in the vault, you win yourself a prize. Oh, it's a haunted vault. I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you dearly. <laughs> What the hell is going on over there with you two? Come on, honey. I mean, I'm gone. 
All right, Uncle Billy. Well, uh, uh, George, George, it's me, <laughs> the Roadrunner. What, what do you want, Roadrunner? Uh, we have a surprise for you at the old dilapidated mansion. Well, all right, Uncle Billy, I'm going to ride the Roadrunner all, all back to that old dilapidated mansion on the outskirts of town, okay? All right, don't do anything. I wouldn't. Uh, that's a well with no bottom. See you later. Here we go. Uh, George rides to the outskirts of town where an old rundown mansion that Mary has had her eye on for years. Like a weirdo. Yeah. Stands uh, alone on the edge of town. What could Mary possibly be expecting George to do in there? George approaches the mansion and suddenly the cop and the cab driver are standing outside playing ukuleles. <laughs> Runaway train never coming back. Oh, hey, fellas, what's going on? Oh, hello, Monsignor. Welcome to your Tiki Paradise. Uh, uh, what, uh, what do you mean, Tiki Paradise? Uh, get, get in there and you'll figure it out, old Georgie, old boy, old groom, old husband. Hello, it's me, Tiki Paradise. Welcome, George Bailey, to the Bailey Club. The prostitute, Tiki Paradise, greets George and hugs him with her shell bikini on. Now, I think that maybe your wife does not understand what it is I actually do. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, get out of here and give you half your money back. And uh, I brought you guys a nice dinner. So I hope you guys enjoy yourself. Oh, suckling pig. Just <laughs> like in Tahiti, where I wanted to go. Yeah, I brought her because it was suggestive. But then she was, your wife was here. So I don't really understand. So I'm going to leave you guys alone. And also I'll give you these flavor condoms, which I brought. We don't use these in the 1950s. It's uncatholic. You don't use this, but I am a professional sex worker. So I use them. Trust me, you'll get more sex positive in the next 80 to 90 years. Then it won't seem so weird. You, you seem to know so much about the future. T t tiki? What's your name? <laughs> it's me, Tiki. Yeah. <laughs> tiki Masala? No, I forget what my real name was. It's a fake name anyway. I'm Wait. an angel. Goodbye. It was a you for never ago. <laughs> Tiki winks and disappears in a puff of smoke. Uh, George walks in to see a beautiful meal prepared and his new wife, Mary, standing in front of a fireplace and a, a, a dilapidated wall plastered with posters of the beach and all sorts of sweet sentiments. Listen, she George. puts a wreath of flowers around him. Ah, I'm a wreath of flowers. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> it was either going to be you or me who said it. <laughs> Smash wipe! It's gonna be me. 